0: Alright, welcome to Mostly Lifting Stuff. Today we're joined by Chad Litchfield. Welcome.
1: Thank you, thank you. Chad, how's it going? Excellent. Ready to get back into the week. Yes, sir. It is a solid Sunday night here in uh, good old Oakland University. So Chad is a senior mechanical engineer.
2: Um, do you work anywhere? Yeah, I work at uh, Kamau and Southfield. At where? Kamal. Kamal. Yeah, they do like robotic automation. Oh, wow. That's pretty sweet yeah it's it's interesting like uh sometimes you have little robots mostly welding robots or like sealer robots so.
1: okay so that's like a whole different thing from then what you guys do with the autom- automotive but do you guys like make part like robots that help with autom- automotive and things or is yeah. it kind of
2: everything you're just yeah so there's like generally like, like my first internship was all outer paneling so all the nice painted stuff okay um what i'm doing now is like robots that weld and put your whole car together on the inside the ugly part that you don't see yeah it has all the dashboard material and stuff okay on it.
1: i gotcha um so to finish the bio real quick chad is a quote-unquote injury chaser i <laughs> had to get that in there <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah he focuses on powerlifting, uh some endurance to get the workout started and then uh depending on how he's feeling which we'll get into with the injuries uh Sometimes he focuses on, like, volume and things like that, like you were kind of talking about. But um, also, uh, to start a little beef with Chad, him and Nick Baker went to the same high school, and uh, we are shooting for more views on this video than Nick Baker's video.
2: Yeah, come on, guys. Let's get it up there. (laughs) I got to beat Nick Baker. They'll give me some good bragging rights, and I might have to get him back on the podcast, you know. Yeah. See see if you can rival that.
0: Well, it's training partner rivalry
2: since... Oh yeah, you know, I forgot to mention we're lifting buddies. That's uh, yeah, st- right. You know. They start
0: benching, and Chad doesn't have much hope, but yeah. he's got hope <laughs> on here, so need to help him out. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, the weight room numbers don't count here; just just the viewership <laughs> numbers. <laughs> so, uh, you you were just telling us a little bit about your style. Um, like why like why do you kind of do
2: the things you do? Well, um, originally, before I got this second hernia, which I'm sure we'll get into eventually, um, but I was planning on going into the Navy to become a Navy Seal. Um, and being a Navy SEAL, it isn't all just being strong and macho and stuff. Uh, you have to have a little bit of finesse and endurance in there. So like part, part of their training is like, they have a timed four mile run. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to do four miles in under 32 minutes. Um, you also have to be able to swim miles and do all this endurance related stuff, but you also have to be able to lift like heavy boats, like three, 400 pound boat with a couple other people right so like that's kind of why I mix in endurance with power lifting um, and plus that way like you have your quick twitch and your slow twitch muscles you're kind of hitting both muscle groups so like if you're someone who's like me who kind of has a smaller frame um, but also is also injury prone um, you tend to keep your muscle mass and lose a less percent of what you can lift so like if I can lift 200 pounds or 250 pounds, which is my most recent max. Okay. Um, like over this next month and a half that I can't lift anything, I might only lose like 30% of that. Where if Nick started taking a month and a half off, he's going to lose 50%, I would imagine, off his bench. Granted, it is significantly higher, but it's just because he trains quick twitch and it's easier to lose your quick twitch than it is your slow twitch. So mm-hmm. that's why I work in the endurance side of that into my workouts.
0: Okay, so do you, so where did this kind of um, desire to go into the Navy come from and um, what are you planning on doing now? Like, how has that changed?
2: Uh, That's a good question that I yet to have a good answer for. Um, It kind of just started in middle school where I saw this on a Discovery Channel. It was Surviving the Cut and believe it or not it was Marines. I I first started getting into the Marines and whatnot and then uh, my Somehow I found the Navy SEALs. I think it was the movie Act of Valor got me turned on to the Navy SEALs. And I did some research, and I was like, you know, the Marines are cool and all. No beef with them or anything. But um, I just found out that the Navy SEALs were a little bit uh, more trained, and um, they do a little bit more of the edgy, risky stuff than the Marines. So I was like, you know what? I think that's the thing for me. And ever since then, I just can't get it off my mind even if I know it's not good for me. Okay. So I just always have been interested. And unfortunately, I don't know if I'll be able to get in now because this will be my third surgery. Uh, I had a knee surgery for a meniscus, but that wasn't anything big. I was working out three days later for that.
3: Okay.
0: So you've had a hernia surgery, you said. Yep. You've done a meniscus, and now you have another hernia coming up. Yeah. So so you have both sides.
2: Yeah, yeah, both inguinal. Yeah. yeah,
1: I had one as a uh,
2: young child when I was like three. Yeah, I had one too, or I had one, but yeah, and it, it's actually a very common thing in uh, guys, males, I yeah. should say, um, just because. Um, so I actually found this out. The reason guys get them, especially at like a young age, like you had, um, is because when we're in the womb as babies, we all start kind of out as females, and your your balls drop. And they drop through these two little slots that you have in your groin area, and that's why guys get hernias in their groin is because um, it, it kind of creates, like, a weak spot for your your intestines to squeeze out of. Okay. So that's why guys get hernias more often than girls is because they've never had to have, a, like, that little slot or weakness that uh, the guys do.
3: Okay.
0: So. Yeah, because, like, I, I guess I don't have, like, a complete understanding of it because... I like, I've told you before, like I have a hernia, like I, it was discovered during different surgery and like he, they basically told me if it doesn't bother you, then we're going to leave it alone. Mm -hmm. And, um, I guess it doesn't quite click with me, like makes sense as to why they would do that. But, um, I mean, I guess if nothing's like actively like, cause the the troubles when, you know, you start like moving through the, like the void, right?
2: What do you mean by void?
0: Like you have like this, you have like a tear in the muscle, right? Or like it, a hole in the muscle? So uh, when it,
2: it's it's like a lining. So like uh, you hunt. So you know like that diaphragm that separates the, the organ or lower organs from the lungs and heart? Yeah. It's kind of like that. It's like a stomach lining. It's not like a muscle or anything. Okay. Cause that, so the it's question, a separation of the muscle though? Yeah, because your body has layers on layers on layers. Okay. um, And it's just a tearing in the stomach lining that separates the... From what I understand, I'm not a doctor or anything here, but it separates the intestines and all the, the guts and stuff from your muscles. Okay. So.
0: Nursing major Austin, you can keep firm? Or well, yeah, you know? and
1: then it, and then that's why, like, it bubbles up because it has nowhere to go. So it's just trying to find its way out, which is why it's going to that weak spot. Yeah. But yours obviously isn't bubbling up or right. whatnot. You know what I mean? I don't know if yours is, but like mine was like a, like a little golf ball or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And that's a that's to the point where it's like okay now I need to like intervene. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, and it, like both herni- both hernias, which is un- unfortunate to say, gosh, I hate that so much. But uh, both hernias were completely different. So like the first one, um, I got lifting a pool table from the basement up a flight of stairs.
0: Was it yours or was it for a friend?
2: It was for my mom. Okay. so We'll take it. Yeah. Counts
0: as a friend. You can't blame somebody then. Yeah. (laughs) as much. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So I was was moving up a flight of stairs and just, um, I was standing at an awkward angle and I was kind of rotating to my left, Mm -hmm. pulling from left to right. And the way you get a hernia is you put too much pressure on your like lower intestines so they squirt out kind of or squeeze out. And what I did was I elongated... I guess that side of my like line of stomach lining too much, and it just caused a little hole to rip. Um, there's a guy I, I like to listen to on YouTube, X.
0: Yeah, I've um, I watched all sorts of his videos. Yeah,
2: he has an interesting metaphor for it. Um, he takes a piece of paper and he, he goes, if you pour, pull it perfectly literally, you can put a lot of force on a piece of paper. He goes, but if you pour, pull it on a diagonal, it, that paper rips so easily. Right. So he says it's the same way goes if you put tension on it the improper way the way it's not designed to it's super easy to get a hernia
0: that's actually why he's actually the reason that um for like bent over rows mm-hmm. i never like you see a lot of people doing them with like they have their leg on the bench mm-hmm. and he actually said that's like makes that's like a movement that's like prone to getting hernias because you have like the one leg higher than the other one you're in like kind of that twisted stay a little bit, and then yeah, you're, it was you're a lot loading pressure. like yeah. downward.
2: Yeah, and, and often a lot of people don't do rows right, and they actually overextend, so they don't row it properly. They they go past the point of where it's actually working the back okay. muscle is what what I got from that video. So okay, glad we've seen the same video. Yeah,
0: that. I actually either do. Um, Usually I'll either like straddle the bench and then I'll hold on to it with one hand. Mm. So like my hips are, I guess, like balanced. Mm. Or we started doing, um, there's a guy that's a power lifter. His name is Chris Duffin. Mm. And he does them, he calls them like quadruped rows or something like that. And so you have like your, say you have your right knee on the bench. Then you have your left hand on the bench and you're rowing with your right hand. Mm. Okay. And so you're not doing as much weight. And your one leg's kind of like... Because the balance, your one leg's the balance kind of, is tough. Yeah. Your one leg's kind of floating. But you could feel it so much more in your lats than we could feel like regular ones. Yeah. yeah. But it's not as much weight.
2: I wonder if it's because it makes you like stabilize or something. Yeah. So you're
0: like, you're stabilizing with like your obliques, but you're also, I think, like relying more on your lat for the actual movement instead yeah. of just like... You're not like
2: compensating with, by rotating or something right. like that. I got... Yeah, that makes sense. you lose sense. your
0: balance, so... It's kind of interesting, the different ways you can
2: do it. and Actually, I kind of like both those ideas, straddling it and having the one, and then I have to try them in a month and a half yeah. when I get back into it.
0: So that's your
2: timetable then? you got about six weeks? Or... Well, yeah, yeah, for this one. So um, the first one I had a laparoscopic, which basically they take like three things, I got, probes, three probes, and they stick it in. They pump your stomach and make it a balloon, and they repair it that way. The only problem with that method is, like, you only get one shot. So if you get another hernia, which is what I have in this case, uh, they have to do open hernia or inguinal repair. So they make, like, a little inch and a half to two-inch incision, and they go just right at it.
0: Okay. And, and then they're repairing that lining, or are they just yeah. keep? Are they trying to, like... Because obviously there's still, like, the gap there in the muscle tissue. Are they trying to, like... Bring that closer somehow. So, uh,
2: hernia doesn't actually get through the muscle tissue; it just gets through the lining. Okay. Um, and the reason why hernias are important to get repaired is one: you have a big nerve down there that kind of keeps your feeling in your legs. I don't know what nerve that is, but But it's down there. And there's also another huge artery. There's a big artery there too. Yeah. Yeah, and like that can cause you a lot of issues depending on like the location of the hernia or the size of it, because. I mean, it can make you infertile. It can actually kill you if it gets big enough. So, yeah, you, you just got to get them fixed, unfortunately. And the only way to fix them is through surgery. So, Okay. And this this one just happens to be open hernia repair. And from what I understand, they're going they're going to cut through the top layers of skin, and then they're going to get to my abdominal wall, which is a muscle, um, and they're going to cut through that, and then they're going to be able to repair it there.
0: So the recovery time is more because the abdominal. Yeah, okay. yeah.
2: Um, based on the research I've done, it takes like three to six weeks for uh, your muscles to heal after having them cut open or ripped. Like if you have a torn pec or something like that, three to six weeks. It's, okay. It's all the same. Torn muscle, cut muscle, all behaves the same.
0: Okay. So you want to elaborate on how? How
2: I got them? Yeah.
0: This. I mean, I heard you told me the other day about this one. It's kind of... Like, it's just like a freak thing.
2: Yeah. Um, the, mo- the misconception with hernias is you are lifting too much weight. Right. Um, you're more likely to get a hernia outside of a weight room than you are inside. And the reason why is when you're in the weight room, and this is purely just my opinion at this point, uh, when you're in the weight room, generally you work out in front of a mirror, so you can see your technique or your form, and you're focusing on what you're doing at that exact same moment keeping tight all those types of things you talk about proper mechanics yeah so when you're not doing that and you're lifting a pool table or you're i mean raking leaves or in my case sneezing in a meeting for work (laughs) you're not focusing on that (laughs) oh no dude i know like it's the weakest way to get. Did you it. try to hold it in? Yeah, yeah, that's what and it is. Is that why they say not to hold them in? Yep, don't hold your sneezes in because you could potentially get a very expensive hernia repair. So, I always
1: do that too.
0: Yeah, I'm taking time.
2: Did you know right away? Like, oh, well, at or first. Or is this a pain? It feels like a burning sensation, kind of. So like, I felt it. I was like, I'm like, there's no way I just got a hernia from sneezing, and didn't think anything of it. And keep in mind, like. After this, I got this hernia in December when I was in a work meeting. I got a winter break, I I had been lifting all the way through January, super heavy, all the way through February, super heavy, and it just happened where I stepped out of the shower one day. I was like, I looked in the mirror. I was like, damn, that's a that's a little bulge right there. Okay, easy guys, easy yeah, 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 jokes yeah. there. <laughs> but um, oh we won't make fun. Oh yeah, we're, we're going to say. It, I, like, I was no, going yeah. <laughs> Well, my friends gave me a little shit for uh sorry a uh, little crap saying that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I just stepped out. I was like, that's a little bulge. And I was like, that's a hernia. So I went to the doctor, and I said, listen, I got a hernia. I know exactly how I got it. And he just explained to me, he goes, when you did that, you squeezed your abs so hard that you popped one. He goes, never hold a sneeze because the potential. It,
1: potentially it is literally what it is, though. Like, you're just like, you know, you tense up and you. Yeah.
0: Right. And I wonder, though, because, like, for lifting. Especially, you know, like, doing powerlifting movements, a big part of it is bracing. Right. Mm. So, like, the analogy for bracing is, like, you're basically trying to fill up, like, your diaphragm with as much air as possible. And you're squeezing your abs and also pushing out as hard as you can. Like, especially if you have a belt on. Mm. Like, that's what you're supposed to create. I mean, I think the best comparison is, like, a pop can. Mm. Think about a pop can that's, like, pressurized and sealed, like, compared to a pop can that's open or empty Mm -hmm. just the amount of you could put hundreds and hundreds of pounds on a sealed pop can and it would hold up but like you know you put five pounds on one that's not and it's gonna break yeah but what does like i guess i don't understand the science of it well enough to understand how doing that couldn't lead to getting hernias because you're creating all that inner abdominal pressure
2: yeah so from what i understand um there's good abdominal pressure and there's bad abdominal pressure um, especially the lower so like when you're when you're squeezing you're kind of using your upper abs you're, feel, you're feeling you're filling your upper abs yeah
0: you're breathing into your diaphragm
2: yeah the issue is when it gets lower
0: okay um
2: and you you use your abs incorrectly um so like for me in my case i have a muscle imbalance where for somebody my size i have extremely strong abs but my lower back isn't as strong as it should, really should be. Okay. So what the doctor's theory is is that I was using my abs to compensate for my uh, lower back um, in the case of lifting or something like that. Because he doesn't believe it was a sneeze. He thinks it was me lifting. So he, okay. his theory is I was using my abs to kind of keep me upright rather than my back. Okay. And so that's his theory. But, I mean... Are you going to believe somebody that wasn't there and just has a theory, or are you going to believe the guy who sne- sneezed and felt the, the paint? <laughs> So I mean, he did go to school, though. He yeah. did go to school. I, I, did, I do trust no, him. Just but, <laughs> yeah, it
1: just does seem like a freak type of thing, though, yeah, for and, sure.
2: Like The more people I talk to, like I talk to all the medical staff because you have to go through all this paperwork beforehand, and they're like, Yeah, people get stuff from, like, bowling, raking leaves. It's just a matter of, like, not elongating your groin to a point where it wants to tear. That's all it really all comes down to, is making sure you don't put too much pressure down there and that you don't overextend. Okay. That's, I guess that's it. I mean, that's everyone's opinion so far that I've talked to. And granted, they're not doctors, they're the nurses that work there, but yeah I think like they have some credibility for yeah just picking things up on the job
0: yeah definitely sorry I think my my laptop's trying to fly away right now the fan the fan gets a little crazy sometimes okay. <laughs> but uh yeah I guess that's that's the, the craziest thing about this is like especially with like the breathing and like the bracing for lifting that's not like anything you ever like you see like posters at the gym and like instructional stuff on how to do a lift very rarely do they even address the breathing and like the bracing and that kind of stuff
3: mm-hmm.
0: but that's such an important part of it for injury prevention like I mean I didn't even start studying it thoroughly until probably like a year ago or so I started looking into it more but before that it was just always like oh yeah you breathe in at the top and then you breathe out you know on the way down or whatever like you know breathe in before you do the the hard part of it and you like breathe out like on a bench like on the way up
3: yeah
0: I had never like looked much beyond that but it's like it's so crucial to the movements and to like the tension you have in your body and stuff to protect you know yeah all these like soft tissues and whatnot and your back and it's just amazing how much more there is to it than most people know
2: yeah and I mean I don't do nearly as much research as you guys like I'll, I'll watch every now and then like a squatting video just to see a different technique or something but I don't go nearly in depth as you guys do with your research and stuff. Jared loves it. I'm all Great about it. Big research I'm guy. Like, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. He, t- he tells me about everything he does all the time yeah, and all the new th- new cool stuff he finds on the internet. I just trust that he uh, passes it along. <laughs> yeah. I, s- I send awesome videos
0: and I'm like alright, well hopefully watch that. That was good.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your guys' programs are the most interesting thing for me too because like you guys are I was saying you guys consider yourself powerlifters, right?
0: Um, well, the program we're doing right now is considered like power building. So the first part was like more bodybuilding, and this part's more powerlifting.
2: Okay. So but, and like I was talking to Jordan the other day, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we're do- we're doing like this many reps." I was like, "That's unusual." I think he was doing like two twenty-five by fifteen or something. And for three sets.
0: I don't know what he's doing. He's he's not on the same one that me and Austin are on right no. now. He's okay. he's on the you know Jordan is a little suspect right now. We don't we don't understand uh, what's uh, going on with him. <laughs> he's finding his own way right now. So. Okay. But me and him made a program last year and it, it was we saw like good progress with it for a while, but we reached a point where we were like super burnt out by it. Mm-hmm. And so but that was a five day week program and just talking to people most people are like floored around like yeah, like, we work out, like, three or four days a week. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what do you, like, really? Like, they think, like, oh, like, they see all this stuff. Oh, yeah, there's, like, you know, rest days are bad. You know, you just need to go to the gym as much as you can. And that's how it's, like... No, like, I I really think the sweet spot's about four days.
1: Yeah, I would say four days.
0: And right now, our programming is in, like, the powerlifting portion of this program. It's so heavy that... Do my legs still hurt. My legs still hurt from... Thursday,
2: Yeah, Thursday. That's a good feeling, though. That means you put that work in. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's like, if we were doing much more than four days, or more than three days this for this part of the program, no way. we just wouldn't be recovered, and yeah. your, your strength is going to just decline, and you're going to kind of just bury yourself. So, there's definitely a sweet spot.
2: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with, like, your diet and your, your sleep. I mean, I'm sure you guys are just like me you could probably only get six hours of sleep, six and a half hours of sleep at night, right?
0: I'd usually, I'm actually usually, I'm probably about seven and a half on average. Okay. I'm pretty solid with sleep. I'm I've, been, seven. I've been getting better. Okay. It's, it's been a focus of, my, like something I've had to focus on though because I'll be in bed on my phone or whatever. I'm like, I need to actually sleep. Like I can't yeah. just lay here and like screw around. I need to, you know,
1: you don't realize when you're playing on your phone right or
2: or if you're on Facebook you know how you get down that little tunnel oh yeah you 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 click one video video. and
1: then they they throw up another
2: video and it's like oh dude
1: this thing this video looks sweet yeah honestly though it's like I would say
0: like lifting eating and sleeping are all pretty much equally as important like if you're I mean there's people that lift every single day their diet's okay but they they can't sleep enough and they just don't see the results. And I think those three things are probably like, I don't know, maybe like 30% each or so. And then I think water is probably 10%. Yeah. water's like definitely overlooked too.
2: Hmm. Never thought of that Because the water as- aspect.
0: Yeah. I was, um, Ben Pollock was a guy that wrote a program that we did this summer. Mm-hmm. And he recommended like basically like an ounce per pound of body weight of water per day. <sighs> That's a lot of
2: that's, it's a lot of water that's a lot of water that's,
0: and it's
2: uh, almost two <laughs> gallons for you
0: yeah I'm, I'm uh, I've am i been the weekends <laughs> I, I struggle to get enough water but if I'm <laughs> at work and it's like, like a normal right? day I have like this 30 ounce bottle and I'm usually drinking probably at least six or seven like six or seven ish of these per day so I yeah. mean I'm, I'm up there in like the vicinity of around 200 ounces yeah it becomes
2: a chore at at that point like when you're trying to get that much water in your yeah
0: it's definitely tough like i know my fiancee tries to get like more water and she's always like struggle with it but like if i decided all right like i'm short on water right now i could just pound like 16 18 ounces of water like nothing i don't feel like i don't have a gut ache or anything afterwards so yeah kind of keeps me going that way but yeah i think it's definitely overlooked you look at um like tom brady yeah. You know, he's he wrote his book, is like the TB12 method, mm-hmm. and I haven't read it, but part of his big thing is he's getting like, he's getting like 200 ounces of water a day, and that's mm-hmm. part of his plan to stay in like peak performance, because so, I mean...
1: The body's not in peak performance, but... Uh... <laughs> Well, the any, actual gameplay performance, but for a forty-one-year-old
0: playing at the highest level in football,
1: yeah,
2: oh, yeah, that is true. He's forty-one. Yeah, that's so true. So, is there like any medical benefit to being that saturated with water? I mean, I mean,
1: it doesn't hurt to be constantly cleaning your body of you know toxins uh, and all that like waste fluid. And you know, when you work out, you release endorphins and whatnot. But like that eventually is going to go to waste, and mm-hmm. so it doesn't hurt to continuously, you know, be cleaning and getting that stuff through. And then I feel like it's goes along to, you know, you drink a lot of water and you, you've been eating a lot too. Mm-hmm. And that just helps, you know, keep that stuff moving and you're getting all that, those nutrients in. So, I mean, I, I don't drink that, not that amount of water, but I definitely try to have a lot more than I used to just because yeah. I, I think it makes me feel better too.
2: Oh, absolutely. There's a period yeah. where I, like all I drank was coffee and I was like you know what after noon I gotta stop drinking coffee Mm -hmm. and just start pounding water Yeah, I mean it it does get to a point where it actually has like a negative effect where you're like groggy for a different reason because you're dehydrated or whatever
0: I really think because I try I try to do like in the morning I try to do like one of these bottles per hour and I think if you can find a size of bottle that you can do one every hour pretty easily it just keeps you on track and like even if I just do it in the morning at work I'll have three or four of those gone by lunchtime. Mm, Yeah. And then usually when I'm at the gym I'm doing about one and a half and if I can do a couple in the afternoon and then one when I get home eating dinner or whatever that's pretty much you're pretty much there. You hit your quota. Yeah. The only thing that I need to look into more and I know a lot of people that drink a lot of water do this is they're adding electrolytes. Mm. Because I think if you are like Overhydrated, I think you can deprive, like your body gets deprived because you're kind yeah, of washing exactly. it, it out.
2: De- you're cleaning it out, like I said. Yeah.
0: So I think that's one thing I kind of need to put a little more research into. Is Cucumber
2: that, water, I've heard, is full of it. Like
0: electrolytes? I think you can just get electrolytes to add to water because it's just like salts and stuff, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, a little meal liquid. Yeah. Not meal. I don't know about meal. It was just a joke. But yeah, no, it's just, it's like... Like salts and like a little like compounds and things like that. And like uh, I know sure, like Tom Brady had, has like, like Tom Brady. I thought saw he just had like a like a <laughs> yeah. pump
0: almost, like you'd see like somewhere where you get like ketchup out of. But he had like this big bottle with like a pump on little it, little syrup bottle, oh. and he would just pump his electrolytes into his water. I don't even know if it changes the flavor or anything,
1: but it's just. It'd be interesting to like try though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if you're if you'd actually like feel better and like stuff like that. Yeah. I know I've seen videos of Ben Pollock, mm-hmm. the power lifter, he'll get like, he'll get like an IV sometimes. Like when he's really yeah. feeling bad, he'll get like a- That's hardcore. Like before Hard. like a big day of training, he'll get like an IV and I think part of it is electrolytes that they're replenishing, so.
2: Well, there's only one person in the room qualified for that. What <laughs> animal. Yeah,
0: you're going to have to give <laughs> us- you have have to, You're going to have to give us IVs before our next training. <laughs>
2: really? <Yeah. laughs> Well, I can get my hands on them. I mean, I do got a bench competition tomorrow, so you want to... Oh, do you really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's... I think we're... I'm going to do it after our lift. I'll probably be dead because...
2: After the... Oh, yeah man.
0: We have six sets of... Six sets of four tomorrow on bench. That's rough. What time are we going? I'm going to like four o'clock. All
1: right. All right. For sure. You going
2: to do the just bench? Get, just get some food after you're done lifting. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'll going. have some before.
1: Today. I will not be taking part in the competition, no. But I'll be there in spirit. All right, (laughs) and I'll
2: be doing bench day with you, so that's
0: fine. Yeah, that was the squat day was six sets of four, which is
2: that's that's reasonable for squat though. I mean, it's it's still gonna hurt, but that's what was the weight though? Like eighty percent?
1: It was. I don't know. I don't know
0: what percent it wasn't. So the way this program sets up is it's called like a linear progression. Okay. So instead of like, cause a lot of programs, it's like, all right, well, <clears throat> you start off with like, say, sets of like eight or nine or whatever. Okay. And they're like, okay, do three sets of eight, with this weight, and then the next week, it's all right, do three sets of three sets of six, but you're doing more weight. Yeah. So this program is like simpler in the progression because it's like, all right, every week you're doing the same rep range, mm-hmm. and the same amount of sets, but you're looking to increase by five to ten pounds a week. So it's right. only for like four or five weeks because obviously you can't just linearly progress forever. Yeah. That, that's not how it works. But um, it's just kind of a different form of progression that yeah. is supposed to help like develop your powerlifting. So.
2: We had something similar to that in high school. Um, I don't, so we, we had a football coach, uh, Jeremy Furman, and he was a big fan of the CMU program Okay. for some reason. I don't know why.
0: And shorts in the winter.
2: And shorts in the winter, Yeah. It, yeah, he always had. Mid-November,
0: this guy had shorts on, on the sideline. Sounds oh, like a psycho.
2: They <laughs> were his lucky game day shorts, <laughs> for whatever reason. The um, lucky game day shorts. I mean, we remember he spilled something on himself at, and he's still warm. It was like ketchup or something. And we're like, just change him. He's like, no. But um, he, he was a big fan of of something similar to that, where it was a, a slow progression, and each week, you you would either add the weight or or at or reduce your wet reps and continue to add weight so like like you you the first two weeks would be like three sets of 10 okay and then the next week would be four sets of eight okay and then it got to a point where you're like five sets of three and then um right before we would max out you would have what we call a negative week and you do negative reps so you'd add 10 pounds more than you can physically do and you have side spotters and you would just do, like, two reps for each set, and they would help you push the weight up. So you you know you can't lift the weight. Right. But you're doing as much as you can, and you're getting help from your people to pick up the remaining slack. And then you'd max out, like, two weeks down the road or a week down the road, and then you'd start it all over again.
0: I've heard of people doing stuff similar to that. Um, I know I've heard of, like, benchers doing... They call it, like, holds, basically. Mm-hmm. So they'll take, like, 40 or 50 pounds more than their max, and you, you unrack it, and they'll, like, hold it there.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And the whole point is, is, like, because a lot of times people will train – a lot of people will train at, like, sets of, like, 5 or 6 or, like, 8 even, and then, like, they'll, they'll have, like, a max out. And so the rep – the amount of weight they're doing is maybe only, like – or 85% tops of their max and then all of a sudden they're loading up you know 105% of their max at once and like I've heard stories of like um, basically like your central nervous system isn't like acclimated to it so it feels heavier like your strength might be there but like it's just like that shock to the system you're like freaking
1: out you're like oh crap it's kind of
2: shocking your body kind of like that
0: right so then like they do these holds so like you know, you're used to, say your bench is 300 pounds. All right, you know, you just held 350 pounds. Now you unrack 300. It doesn't feel like it's about to just, like, you know, crush, crush you or something. You're you're familiar with holding, like, weights like that.
2: I guess that's that makes sense.
0: I've never done that myself. I know I've seen, like, videos of people training that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much – I don't know what there's to it. But um, – Yeah. So what kind of – like, when you're training – um, do you kind of follow, like, some sort of periodization, or do you track what you're doing, or, like...
2: No, no, I mean, you, I know you guys are taking... You're way more serious at this stuff than I am. Um, I'm more or less just looking for constant progression. I mean, if I start to plateau, I might look into something, but if, if I'm keeping on moving, which I haven't had any issues increasing my numbers from year to year, especially with all these injuries I've had, I mean, I just keep on going. And uh, I think a big part of it is, one... I have a great diet, I mean, I'm I'm constantly eating, I probably eat four meals a day, and then I have, like, three snacks during the day, so I I think that helps, because I'm constantly able to keep that muscle mass Mm -hmm. um, from cannibalizing, kind of, Yeah. Um, but also, like, I I do, I train endurance and power, so if I overwork one muscle group, I have the other muscle group that, like, is still strong, So even if I'm still constantly recovering, I still have one muscle group that is strong. Uh And, like, what i found is people that only do power, they'll feel super sore because all they do is work one muscle group, and that other muscle group kind of atrophies away. So, like, when you're starting to get later in your sets and your workouts and you're feeling tired, you know, when you have that uh, slow twitch muscle that can kick in, it just doesn't because you just train only your fast twitch, which is power. Okay. And
0: I, I think that's good what you said, though, about, like, year to year seeing progress. Because, like, I know if you look at a year to year basis, huge difference. But if you, like, you know, week to week or month to month, yeah, you're not going to see that all the time. Especially, you know, you start getting more adva- advanced with what you're doing you're not going to see the,
2: the big jumps,
3: right? You're not going to see <laughs> the big jumps. Yeah, that you, you want to. You
2: eventually yeah. plateau, and like I'm a believer in that. In that, uh, your body's only each body is only able to withstand a certain amount of stress from squat or bench or whatever. Like you're built way better than I am far as being able to move heavy objects. So you're going to be able to advance further than I am in weightlifting far as poundage goes. I'm a smaller frame guy. I mean, I'm only 190 pounds and I'm six foot. I'm built for speed. Okay. Um, so like, I might not be able to bench you, but I'm gonna outrun you. So you you kind of got to train for your body type as well. So, yeah. Because like like working out with Nick, pure power guy, short, stocky, moves things short distances, moves a lot of weight. Me, taller, longer, kind of like you. We love it. Yeah. So you just gotta kind of train for your body type and uh, if I'm not mistaken I think there's like three different types of body types I have, it's like yeah, it's mesomorphic like, endomorphic I don't, I don't I know think I think ecto, it's ectomorphic yeah, yeah. I, I have read about that I don't know if I'm a big believer in that but
0: yeah I don't know either I I think every I mean obviously people have like different frames like yeah. um, you could just look at two people I think you can really tell by people like if you look at them from the side you can tell like if you took a point in, like, in the front of their chest and, like, in their back, like, some people, like, obviously lifting helps and stuff, but some people are just, like, wider. Yeah. It's not like, like, you know, your shoulders might be the same width, but you look at them from the other angle, and it's just like, all right, they're just, like, a thicker person. Yeah. And, like, you can have two people that you stand looking at them head on, and they don't really look much different, and then you see them from the side, and one looks like a linebacker, and the other one looks like a wide receiver almost. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It's yeah. just like, and I think that comes down partially to genetics, like training style and all that other stuff. But,
2: Well, speaking of genetics, getting back to that hernia thing real quick. Um, so I found this out. So my dad has had three hernias. His dad had two hernias. I've had now two hernias. So I was talking to the surgeon about that real briefly, and he says sometimes you can genetically just be more prone to having hernias just because it's in, in your family DNA. So <laughs> Two of my uncles had hernias. So yeah. You already had one, so maybe it runs in the family. Yeah. It is what it is, though. Yeah, I just... It, it's not it's not something, like, you should be constantly worrying about. I mean, if, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, whether you like it or not. You just got to be smart and diligent about lifting things properly or not overstretching.
0: So, is there any chance with yours that have been repaired? Like, once it's repaired, is it, like, pretty much good to go?
2: Uh, Yeah, so... From what the doctors told me, they always heal back to 100%. Um, it, it's not like if you damage a ligament where the ligament might be weak or whatever for a long period of time. When, once the muscle heals up, I mean, you can't just go back to lifting 100% of what you normally can. You have to slowly progress into it because it takes time to rebuild the muscle that's at your feet. It takes time for the new muscle that you developed from healing to realize, hey, you know, we got to start putting some work in here. So... I mean, it yeah. just takes time
0: and I think like you talked about like how it's not really like lig- ligament damage or like tendon damage um, I was kind of intrigued the other day I was listening to um, do you know who Mark Bell is the guy that invented the slingshot for benching <sighs> the name sounds familiar but I've, I've never heard
2: Done any research or seen or anything like that,
0: so yeah, he invented the slingshot for benching, which is like you put it across your arms and it's like this rubber thing that goes across your chest. So it's basically you can bench more with it, so you become more acclimated to benching more. And like yeah. it's supposed to help you, it helps you kind your of like, like yeah.
2: become um, aware of like on the negative side, yeah, it forces
0: the slot to be correct basically. On the yeah, bench. Um, so he invented that. But he has a podcast that he, he had, uh, Michael Hearn,
2: mm-hmm. you heard of him before. I can't say I
0: have. You ever watch American Gladiator? Yeah. The show? Yeah. The Titan? Okay. He's like big, um, he's done like bodybuilding, like powerlifting, all this stuff. He's like 40 years old. Mm. And if you look at him now, he's built like a, like a, like a Greek god, basically. <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. Like, I don't know. He claims he's natural. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical. But he made a good point. Like, you look at pictures of him and he was like, 15 Mm -hmm. and he has like a physique that like all of us would like look at now and be like holy crap this guy's probably like 25 but he says like he's always trained like he's always like took his progressions like kind of slowly with stuff um, because he does that in order to develop the strength in both the muscles but also like the connective tissue Mm -hmm. and I think like I don't know if he's on steroids or not but a lot of people that are on steroids their muscle becomes like you know, they get stronger and faster and bigger, but it doesn't help your... It's not going to help your tendons as much as it's going to help your muscles. And yeah, so, like, no. their bodies kind of fall apart. Mm-hmm. But somehow he's been able to, like, train yeah. in a way he's that... natural. He's apparently natural. I don't know. I guess duck eggs go a long way for whatever well, is reason. Is that what?
2: Is that his claim, what he... You... That's what he's a big right, duck we'll, egg. We got to look him up.
0: Yeah, you got to look him up. He's, uh... What's his name? Mike O'Hearn. I'll, I'll show you. But he, uh... I mean he's been doing it for a long time, and he's, he's, uh, he's definitely, he definitely looks the part, he's a guy that trains at, like, Gold's Gym and all that stuff, there you go, there's Michael Hearn for you.
2: Oh, jeez, that guy is huge.
0: Yeah, but he's, like, I mean, I've seen him benching, like, 400 pounds on incline, uh-huh. a great guy, so, like, yeah, he's, but, obviously, I'm, I question the, the <laughs> net, the, the hormonal
2: profile, but. Well, and maybe he is a natural or not, but I definitely can see what you mean, like by improving ligament strength, because like the amount of high school injuries I see nowadays, from especially football players, um, like at my school we at least had like three torn ACLs in the three years I played football, um, and at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Obviously, my freshman year I didn't see too much. But I, I think a big part of that is the like at that age you're still developing and growing right mm-hmm. so you you add in a lot of cases like for me I went from not being able to squat like 80 pounds to squatting 350 pounds in mm-hmm. high school that's a lot of weight to put on in three and a half years of actually lifting weights right and I I don't know I'm not a believer in um, adding that much weight that quick because injuries can happen and your ligaments do need time to uh, adjust and okay. catch up and things like that yeah
0: yeah the loading definitely has an effect I think that like high school sports especially you get you get a lot of people that come from like a background like you know maybe they didn't play much as far as like contact sports and stuff when they were younger and then you know they maybe played a little bit in JV and freshman football and Then you get those kids that are late bloomers and all of a sudden you know they're putting on muscle in a hurry like they get really strong and really fast like quickly and so then you know they go from maybe not playing very much to playing all the time but then they take a shot to the knee or something and they haven't had that you know their whole life like I think that's kind of like you know these people come into like their kind of start hitting their like peak almost like their stride and then their body's just not ready for it like I don't know, I was able to stay pretty much injury-free in high school, like, I rolled an ankle playing basketball, like, stupid stuff like that, but, like, nothing, like, nothing chronic or nothing that was, like, long recovery time. Yeah. But, I mean, since I was, like, a little kid, I was, like, you know, playing football in the yard with, like, my family and, like, you know, like, always playing with, like, my cousins who were, like, older than me by a few years, and, like, I feel like that, like, makes a difference in like you know your ligament and like the strength of that kind of stuff just that exposure to it where some people it's like they you know maybe go from playing video games all the time and then it's like oh yeah now I'm on a football field
1: yeah
2: yeah there's definitely like a uh, an adjustment period for your body I would say I mean um speaking from the first time from the first hernia I wasn't allowed to pick anything up over eight pounds for two weeks right hmm you know, getting myself the motivation to get back in the gym, my body was like, mm, nah, let's just stay in and study. So I, I definitely would agree that your body kind of changes based on what you put it through on a daily basis for sure. So I mean, even like sleep. Um, what was it? My freshman year, I used to get like eight hours of sleep at night, and that started getting reduced the more I got into studying, um, and now I like I can function on six hours of sleep like it's nothing so it's just your body adapt your body will adapt to what you put your mind to so if you really want to start working out and growing your muscles just put your mind to it your body will adapt and whatnot so I don't know I, th- I think your mind is a very powerful thing you know yeah um, I, have, I have a mentor who's been kind of coaching me up through becoming a Navy SEAL he goes you know as cliche as it might sound he goes it's mind over matter if you don't mind, nothing else matters. It, it, it's kind of like that. For if you don't mind the pain of squatting, right? Yeah. You'll eventually get through it to where you break and you're hitting you full stride. And, you know, till you yeah. plateau.
0: Well, especially with like, especially with endurance. I mean, there's. I think the second wind is like such a real thing that oh. a lot of people are. A lot of people are totally oblivious to. You know, they run for a couple minutes. They get tired and that's it. Where it's like. There's more in the tank. You just you have to you have to know how to find it. You yeah, have to get there, yeah.
2: Yeah, and I definitely can say that um, I, I would never have believed this until I started doing it. Um, I hate running, by the way. It's not something I'm, – I'm fast, but I hate endurance running. Um, and it's something I had to learn. And there is a thing as such like a second wind. It might take you a mile, two miles, three miles, but, I mean, there gets to a point where you go from being absolutely miserable and sweating to – You know, actually, this isn't that bad. You're breathing well. You're having happy thoughts. It's like, well, I guess this is happening now. And it it slowly decreases into that second wind. I mean, I went from being gassed after two miles to being able to run four and a half and being smiling when I stepped off. Never thought it would happen. But your body changes. You push through that period of where it sucks. And you get to where it's easy again.
0: Where uh, Where do you usually run? Just at the
2: rack. Just at the rack. Yeah, treadmill. It's it's not real running. I know that, okay. but because you can hop a mile, you can run a mile, but you're not you're not really like working your hamstrings okay. per se because like a treadmill, the belt is making you move, not your legs. But when you're actually running, you're using your hamstrings and your quads to actually propel yourself forward, like your hamstring pulls right. Mm-hmm. So when you're on a treadmill, you don't have to put any force into the ground. To right, pull so your foot's,
0: your foot's going back at, no yeah. matter what.
2: Yeah. So when you're running, that's why I call it fake running. So, you, are you still on yeah.
0: campus or are you off campus? No, nah, I'm
2: off campus. It's way too expensive to live on campus. Yes.
0: If you gotta, if you want to go run, um, go out to the golf course. Oh, the, uh, those hills! Especially at oh. night, you go out in that golf that's course nice and out there, run. Though. It is nice. You kick the shoes off a little bit and you're oh, I'm on sure that, that nice can... short grass. grass. Yeah, that's yeah. A nice. You know, there's some deer out there and. Me and uh, we used to do that once in a while. We'd mm-hmm. go out there, especially like like a warm night if it was like 75 degrees or whatever. Oh, and man. it was like you're a clear t- night. We used to go out there and run. And, you're
2: yeah. telling me you're not running barefoot in February in Michigan? <laughs> no. What the? No, not for me. But. Those, those negative 20 degree days.
0: But it is, the challenging part is the slopes because it is all over the place out there. Yeah. It's up and down and you're... You know, running way down a hill and turning a corner and then right all of up. a sudden you're right back up a hill. And
2: yeah. I had a, a girl that I used to run with a lot and she was big into endurance, even more into endurance training than I was. And she kicked my butt for so long because she'd run outside and she'd be going up and down hills all day where I'd just run on the track, the indoor track, and that's perfectly flat. Yeah. So she was used to that constant fluctuation and amount of force she has to apply to get up that hill. Let me tell you, if you want to get in good shape, go run some hills.
0: <laughs> Oof. I think running barefoot is, like, awesome for you, too. If you're, if you're, like, taking this like, if you're getting rid of, like, the shoe. Uh-huh. Um, and I've even heard lifting barefoot is good for you because, like, the way, like, our shoes are structured, our foot kind of conforms to the shoe it's in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, your balance and stuff is all different. Like, obviously, we're used to it because we wear shoes all the time, but... Like, I've, like, seen articles and stuff about, like, going barefoot. Like, and you think about running barefoot. You're strengthening, like, your, you know, your heel and, like, your ball of your foot and, like, all, like, the connective stuff going on in your foot is all being strengthened because it's got to support itself. Right.
2: It's working in in its natural way. Right. I guess that makes sense, yeah. So you think, do you think that because people wear shoes all the time when they work out or run... Do you think that's why a lot of people are getting lower arches now than like back in the day where they had higher arches and maybe you didn't always wear your shoes and you went out and played outside actually?
0: I would imagine there's it's it's you got to do, a little bit of correlation. I think our I think the technology is so much better now that we are able to identify things better than we were before. Yeah. So I think a lot more things come to the light that might not have back then like we know a lot more than we did then. Yeah. But I do think like I don't know, kind of the comfort that we have every day that we are so used to. I think that kind of might be pushing us the wrong way a little bit almost.
2: Almost like we're becoming so dependent on the, like, technology or, like, the shoe or whatever to just complete our daily task. Right. Something
0: kind of like that. Yeah, I think think there's, like, uh, there's some sort of uh, trend where we're becoming, like, more acclimated to stuff. Like, if all of a sudden, you know, like coats were all like half as thick, we would just get used to the cold. Yeah, yeah. We wouldn't be like, like you're not gonna like die mm-hmm. walking to your car. I mean, unless you gotta go like five miles to get your car, but like you just would be like used to not being as comfortable.
2: Yeah.
0: And I think our bodies are.
2: Yeah, you definitely, did. like I, I know uh, when it's spring break to Florida and I was like, man, this is way too hot down here. It's like 85 it's just because I'm used to like the Michigan win- winters at okay, this you
1: point. get a 55 day and you want to wear shorts outside oh absolutely it's funny yeah
0: because you get a 55 day now and you see people wearing shorts and you get a 55 day in the summer and everybody complains about how cold it is yeah because, oh, you're, because wearing, wearing you're, you're adapted to it
1: yeah that's just how it is though yeah
0: and that's how weights, that's how it is with weights are too like how your body adapts to like the way you train you know so like you your leg everything getting stronger because you're training a certain way yeah so.
2: I think we came to a pretty good conclusion there, that you know, whatever you put your body through, it'll adapt to, as long as you just keep to it long enough. I think I heard it takes like twenty-one days to develop a habit, or something like that. And yeah, if you I quit, if you quit any one of those days, you have to restart it. So man, I think that's true. Maybe we're onto something here.
0: Yeah. All right, everybody, quit wearing shoes. Quit wearing coats. Get over <laughs> it. You'll be fine. Just give it twenty more
1: days. It. I like it. <laughs> 20 yeah, more days.
0: days. We've seen those, like, nature dudes and stuff. I don't know if you ever watched, um, like, Dual Survival. It was called. Yeah. And this guy was, Naked like, in afraid. afraid. Yeah. yeah. And, well, Dual Survival, though, they'd go into, like, the Alaskan wilderness or something, and this guy did, just didn't wear shoes. Well, he's crazy. But he, like, he hadn't worn shoes forever, so he just was like, why am I going to wear shoes now? And he was, like, totally fine. I, I don't know if Ooh. I can do that.
2: Alaska, barefoot. Oh,
0: man, it's cringy. I don't know. Well, you got any uh, wisdom to leave folks with, or?
2: Um, I guess just keep working out. I mean, make sure you're using proper technique, and you know, I know I talked a lot about hernias and how easy it is to get them, but don't don't let the fear of getting a hernia or injury stop you from doing what you want to do. I mean, if you're gonna get injured, you're gonna get injured. Yeah, so I was. If you're mind. doing
1: a lot of things to, you know, prevent it and be smart about it, then your risk is you yeah know, minimal.
2: I mean, yeah, be like like Austin said: be smart, lift properly, and just go after. I mean, if you're if you get injured, take the time off that you need, and then rebound. I mean, the big thing for me was just getting my core and glutes stronger again because I, I mean I have a lot of downtime from the first surgery, and those areas got super weak. So I needed to strengthen them before I could get back to where my big numbers were. And
0: right. And I think that's, like, even training normally. Mm-hmm. You think about it, like, you're tearing your muscles down. If you almost think of it as, like, an injury, like, we, like, I don't know, you almost call it, like, micro injuries, to like, to your legs when you do, like, a heavy leg day. And think about it like that. All right, well, I need so many days to recover from this. Yeah. And you take that recovery seriously... Mm-hmm then you're going to be ready to get right back at it again.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. I think another thing real quickly worth mentioning is, like, stability training. I don't know if you guys have looked into it, but, like, stability discs, those are great because it strengthens, like, the ligaments, which we talked about earlier, getting yeah. those to adapt and and move you past stronger weight, like, especially, if, like, your knees. If you're squatting, you're, I mean, you, you use your knees for everything on a daily basis, walking, whatever, you need those ligaments strong so it can – Handle all the weight or stress that you put on it from walking or whatever. So that's another thing I, I like to do a lot is stability work and. What do you mean the stability discs like the? It, it's basically like a, a really thick flat balloon. If you're oh the ball th- yeah yeah they have yeah yeah in the bolsu ball. ball but there's oh, there's actually yeah. like a little there's disc. Like this, the pits yeah, yeah yeah and those are great. I mean that's something that I think people should incorporate into their training because it also. Shows you any imperfection you have in your form if you're overcompensating with a special muscle or something.
0: Yeah. So Definitely. Definitely a lot of ways that you can develop yourself aside from just your normal lifts. And I think there's so much information out there that I think everybody's form can improve. Mm. It's just taking the time to go find things and go find, you know, being able to identify your weaknesses. And we started recording sets.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, like, video, like yeah on video. just on
1: video
0: and it just tells all yeah you know you can see
1: okay there's been a lot of things that we found out max week yeah that we could work on
0: your
2: form tends to go away when you're trying to get that higher weight yeah, yeah. and like
0: for me we noticed on deadlift I didn't have a good enough tightness in my lats so when I pull the heavier weight I get like a little bit of upper back rounding and it's like almost like if you could imagine like pulling like a fishing pole mm-hmm that's kind of like the like the tension you're creating because you're not tight and you're not keeping the bars close to your body. Mm-hmm. Where like for Austin, it's more keeping your hips like into the bar more at the start of it where he would have problems where his hips would come up first, right. where my shoulders would yeah. come down first. So, I mean, everybody's got different issues with it. And if you're able to identify the things you're doing wrong, you can yeah. make so much progress.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Well all right that's it i think we're good thanks for
3: coming out we appreciate
2: appreciate it yes sir all right thank you hey hey, you know what's a good idea maybe after this podcast maybe in two weeks or some we have like another one where i talk about like this hernia surgery how this experience was because these are going to be polar opposite experiences from what i've been told so maybe we talk about that in recovery and yeah i'm gonna definitely do some research on nutrition and stuff like that to find out what to eat to eat healthier so maybe we do a follow-up and be like hey this is what we have if you get banged, like banged up or something. Yeah. Go from there. And how we beat Nick Baker. Yeah. Yeah. That's the end of the
0: let Yeah, let's, let's make that happen. Yes.
3: All right. We'll definitely do a follow-up. You're always right. welcome back. So, All right. Thank you.